Hello, and welcome to the Logistics Management Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Berman. I'm Group News Editor for Logistics Management Magazine and the Peerless Media Supply Chain Group. Today, it's a real pleasure to welcome Chris Jones to our podcast. Chris is Executive Vice President, Industry and Services at Waterloo, Ontario-based Descartes, a provider of logistics-based on-demand software as a service offerings. Chris is primarily responsible for the company's industry consulting and professional services for its solutions. With more than 40 years of experience in the supply chain sector, Chris has held a variety of senior management positions, including Senior Vice President at the Aberdeen Group's Value Chain Research Division, Executive Vice President of Marketing and Corporate Development for SynQuest, Vice President and Research Director for Enterprise Resource Planning Solutions at Gartner, and Associate Director at Kraft General Foods. Chris is a thought leader in logistics and has numerous articles and blog postings published in leading logistics and supply chain publications, as well as online forums all across the globe. Chris holds a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from Lehigh University, and on a more personal note, has two adult children and lives in the Boston, Massachusetts area with his wife and pet dog. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Well, Jeff, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hey, Chris, you know, the timing is good for you to be joining us today because uh, I know that your the company's recent uh, monthly global shipping report just came out. And so why don't we why don't we start with sort, sort of some of the takeaways at that? Maybe we can address, Chris, things like the state, the current state of imports based on your data. Um, obviously, in recent months to end uh, 2022 and, and into this year, it's sort of been a situation, it seems like with a lower numbers, uh, lower import numbers, that is sort of due to declines in demand, um, and obviously some other things at play too. Um, So why don't we talk about uh, your report's findings in terms of the impact on trade flows and volumes and things like that. I'll I'll pass the mic to you and then we can go from there. Okay, Jeff, thanks. So I would say uh, January was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I I would say for most people, Uh, we actually had an increase over December. Okay. Uh, of about 7.2%. Uh, so that uh, uh, was really the first time we've seen it, I'll call it change in direction, significant change in direction from the decline that, that you mentioned. Uh, what's also interesting is um, it ended up about three tenths of a percent lower than 2019. But if you will, uh, it's kind of aligning itself at least at this point in time, the last two months with the with 2019 volumes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's uh, could that is that viewed as encouraging that we're back to sort of that 2019 comparison, or is it, or uh, is it sort of a long time coming in, in a sense? Probably uh, a little bit of both. Um, I would say um, general sentiment, especially when you look at things like uh, how people have been predicting the economy, uh, uh, in particular, has been. Uh, I'll call it more pessimistic. I uh, I would say people would have been surprised to see it down again. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, if you if you look at where the economy has been over the last two quarters, so we've had uh, GDP growth, and it was uh, uh, the last quarter was actually two point nine percent. Right. So right. So uh, this does follow that a little bit. Um, you know, I think the one thing we have learned, and and if you will, I I try to stay away from these days is trying to predict the future here. I think uh, it's not been a winning proposition for, for most of the pundits out there that I'm trying to, trying to call it. 
No, I understood. So, Chris, taking the theme of the economy, um, when we look at the freight economy, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things at play. You know, and as you just mentioned, there's an improvement in, in GDP for Q4. Really nice to see. Um, uh, inflation is trending down ever so slightly. Um, retail sales uh, were kind of, I guess, within expected range. You know, there's a lot of factors at play here. Um, and, oh, yeah. And we can't forget uh, manufacturing experiencing a bit of a downturn at the moment. It's kind of a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. And, and as well as job growth, too. January's numbers were quite strong. How do you kind of uh, compartmentalize all that as it relates to sort of the current state of freight, flow, freight flows and things like that? Well, uh, everything you said drive, drives them, right, uh, in one direction or another. So I think there's it's been uh, one that the. the the signs have been a little conflicting, uh, yeah. uh, uh, to say the least. This was probably the first month, uh, uh, being January, where we had probably a little bit better alignment. I'll call them towards the positive side of things. Mm -hmm. You know, when it, when you look at freight, I mean, there's maybe a couple things here to, to consider. Um, uh, one, this is uh, as we get into the holidays in particular. So take the end of 22. Uh, and the beginning of, of 2023 here, these are traditionally uh, slower periods. Um, and if you were to look at the chart uh, you, uh, for imports, you would see them, uh, you know, year over year, throughout 2020, it was a crazy year, right? But the other years, yeah. okay, uh, it traditionally, uh, you'll see a decline, right? Uh, into the end of the year and uh, uh, starting at the beginning of, of, of uh, the next year. So, uh, you know, as far as what that ends up doing to, you know, freight volumes and, and everything else associated, it, you know, it, it definitely puts a damper on it. Yeah, no, 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 no question about it. Um, you know, it, it, and then something I've been uh, asking people like you, Chris, in, in recent weeks is, uh, I, I think I, I think I may know the answer, but I, I, I'd be interested to, to hear your take on it. Uh, just, to, just taking a quick look back at the 2022 peak season, I guess uh, relevant to 2020 and 2021, obviously, which were very unusual years. A lot of people are of the school of thought that the 2022 peak season was uh, essentially muted or maybe did not materialize in any type of traditional sense. Uh, do, do you see it in those ways or is there, or is there, is there more to uh, peeling the onion on peak season, if you will? Well, I, I definitely would agree with you on it. Uh, let's say a couple things happened, all right, to, 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 to mute it to your point. And it actually, uh, it kind of fell off pretty significantly um, once you really hit August. But before that, uh, you had, you know, I'll call it people advancing their, their purchasing decisions. So if we start mm -hmm. talking about, you know, the, the, the cycle time, right, from, you know, purchase to delivery, especially for global, uh, uh, global supply chains, it's, it's, it's not measured in days, it's measured in quite a few months. And, and of course, you know, what happened to a lot of people in the previous years was, uh, you know, just because of capacity constraints, whether it's manufacturing or shipping, you know, uh -huh. ports, et cetera, right? They got burned, all right? Uh, demand was high. And so what did they do? They started earlier, right? You could also throw in uh, concerns around uh, China lockdowns and so forth. People were basically saying, hey, I, I, I need to make sure I have what I need to have, right? Uh, 
But then what happened was, so, so if you think about that, so we didn't get the big spike later, right? Because people pulled the trigger a little bit earlier. So it, it was more of a trickle. But really, by the time we hit the summer, uh, for many folks, it was apparent that consumer behavior had changed. All right. So if we actually say that, you know, uh, uh, GDP is one thing, right, as an example, uh, measure of growth, it's the what were people buying that changed. Uh, and we saw a few retailers take a beating um, uh, uh, in the summer by basically having products, uh, highly seasonal products that, that consumers didn't want. And then therefore they had to discount pretty heavily to move them. Um, so what you see after that is basically, I'll call it, there was a whole lot of pulling of POs and everything else. And, and so uh, what was normally a, a hotter, um, you know, um, I'll call it August, September, even October type timeframes actually uh, uh, really kind of fell off a cliff. Okay. Yeah. Great point. And I just wanted to circle back. I know we had just talked a bit about the, the state of the, uh, the freight economy um, with all the different moving parts, uh, uh, the aforementioned moving parts that are happening and out there. Um, another big topic of late has been, will there be a recession? If so, what type of recession? Uh, what's the impact on freight? Many people seem to think if there is in fact a recession that it will be of a very brief duration. Um, no shortage of uh, narratives, opinions, takes uh, on that. Um, how do you sort of see things playing out? Well, I, I watch a, a, a few metrics, all right? Um, uh, one of them, you already mentioned the jobs report. Uh, that to me has been, uh, a, you know, incredibly compelling uh, for the last uh, couple of years in yes. terms of what, what's happened, right? So it's pretty, that one's really defied what most people would say would uh, was going to uh, take place, right? So that's one of them. But I also look at things like uh, uh, personal consumption. Uh, so uh, in, uh, I'll call it infl inflation adjusted. The Fed uses the term real, okay? But so uh, if you look at real personal consumption, uh, those numbers have remained strong, right? Uh, and if you think about it, uh, uh, again, taking inflation out of the equation, which is, is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. um, right? Uh, those numbers have continued to be uh, fairly strong, maybe not quite as hot as they were, um, uh, let's say, in the peak of the pandemic when uh, you know we had what I call the stuff economy, or most people are calling the stuff economy, right? Um, but so anyway, so I look at those. All right, I also look um, uh, at um, uh, a number of other things in terms of of, of you know what are what are we hearing from uh, shippers as an example, right? They're at the beginning, at the forefront of this in terms of driving uh, ultimately uh, the freight markets, right? It's when yeah. you hit, that, hit the PO button, right? Simply, simply put, right? So, <laughs> so I think there's caution there uh, on that front, okay? But on the actual economy, um, there is, uh, you know, what's happening is um, I, I would say, you know, if we have one, to your point, it's probably going to be uh, very light. Um, but you know, uh, um, all those other factors I mentioned are you know they, they look they look pretty decent at this point in time, right? So yeah. inflation inflation keeps coming down. Um, uh, that will that will be a, a, you know a significant help uh, to it. So uh, I'm at the uh, you know um, 
don't think it's going to be think it could be good don't think it's going to be bad okay yeah very fair um you know chris a big theme uh that we've been focusing on here at logistics management I actually did a uh, research-based uh, article on it for our last print edition is sort of this whole concept of a supply chain reset. And the real premise behind it that I that I uh, sort of investigated was what, what are companies doing to sort of, I guess when I say companies, I'm speaking more to your customers, the shippers, but what are shippers really doing to reset their supply chains given that all that's gone on over the last uh, three-ish years or so? And that's coming from sort of a... Uh, a sourcing perspective, um, you know, a procurement perspective, a planning perspective, resilience, you name it. Um, things are, the, the the pandemic sort of raised a lot of uh, alarms or red flags for, for companies, you know, to, to not get caught uh, in uh, perhaps the situations that they found themselves caught in, especially in the early days of the pandemic. So sorry, that's a, a mouthful there, but just in terms of your thoughts on sort of that supply chain reset theme, I, I'd, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. Sure. So, so we actually just completed uh, uh, a study on supply chain innovation, right? And uh, the, one, one of the questions we asked is, uh, and the, the interesting news and good news is, long story short, is that it that people are, uh, the, the pandemic really kind of kicked them in the pants in terms of innovation and more companies are focused on innovation as a result of it and going forward in terms of uh, investment, right? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of good news. But what we asked them as part of that was what was the catalyst, right? What, or excuse me, what's the desired uh, outcomes of this, right? And the top two things they wanted to address uh, were um, resiliency and cost, right? So, so, in terms of your your point about the resets, the resets are about first and foremost is is resiliency, right? So you know I think what we all learned uh, through the whole uh, uh, pandemic was uh, you know you had to have it to sell it, right? Uh, and that was yeah. not a guarantee. And that was like such such a big change from where we were before that. We really had quite frankly very efficient and smooth running um, supply chains. Um, uh, so, so that would be one piece of it. And, and, in, and, and in part of that is, uh, and you mentioned this is sourcing strategies. And this is where we're seeing people be pretty creative, right. And, and counterintuitive. So let me give you an example, talking with one shipper, um, they, uh, they, they tend to sell, um, I'll call it, uh, uh and I don't want to give them away. So I have to be a little bit, uh, uh, um, obtuse here, which is, hey, they're, they're pro they're, they sell projects, all right, and uh, lots of goods uh, in their projects, uh, and they decided to bring in uh, 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 onshore again their uh, source of uh, one of their uh, uh, materials that they need. Basically, it's called a commodity material, uh, something like, uh, like a pipe, as an example, right? Okay. okay right? And they decided that that was important for them to, to even though they're going to pay more money for it, okay, on a unit basis, it was more important to, ha to have a guarantee of that because if they didn't have that, they couldn't sell the rest of it, right? All the real high value stuff, right? Because they couldn't offer the complete solution uh, to their customers. So their whole view was we, we have it, we can guarantee we have it, and we have the flexibility now to go get it when we need it, right? So you know, that's a, I think a key piece of it, right? 
Um, so this whole notion of, you know, um, of, of being more resilient in, is, is high, right? The other thing that we're seeing is, um, uh, I'll call it diversification of supply base. Um, and what was happening really for the last 20 years was the opposite, which was concentration of, of the supply base, right? Okay. And so if you think of, uh, you know, people think of China and uh, it, it's monolithic in some respects, but it's not in this, in the, in what I call it from an expertise point of view, there are uh, centers of expertise where there's certain types of manufacturing that exists as an example in a regional basis and, uh, um, and that people would, I'll call it, keep going to the well because it was there and the expertise was there and, you know, a number of things like that. Well, what happened when the pandemic rolled through that, you know, region of China, right? Uh, everything got shut down, right? The other part of it was uh, at a port basis, right? Um, you could see the shutdowns, right? Um, so people are operating in trade lanes, uh, very dense trade lanes. So think of like Shanghai to LA or Long Beach, right? You know, uh, and there was economy of scale for that and, you know, speed and so forth. But, you know, what, again, what happens when you can't get it, right? So that's when you saw, for instance, people shift to the East Coast, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because of all the delays and everything and uncertainty. And that's maybe the key point. People want to get out from under uncertainty. They'll take even longer lead times, they don't necessarily want them, but they'll take them if they're consistent. Yeah, sacrifice the, the longer uh, lead or transit time for more uh, dependability and consistency, it seems. Yeah, to totally. So, so you know, to your long-winded question, my long-winded answer. No, I love know, it. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, it's, yeah, there's a lot there. It, it's a rethink of that, those aspects of the business where they were considered to be a given or they thought their hedge was, well, I'm using two or three manufacturers, right? Uh, but they're yeah. all in China, <laughs> right? Yeah. So no China doubt. Got locked up, that was it. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, before we wrap up, why don't we talk about what's happening uh, in your neck of the woods over at Descartes? And one thing that jumped out at me in, in preparing for our, uh, our recording today was that you guys have been pretty active on the acquisition front. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the last year, year and a half, uh, you've acquired, uh, it looks like Supply Vision, Net CHB, uh, and Foxtrot. If I'm missing any, uh, please let me know who they are and I apologize, but uh, I, I guess uh, I'm just curious to see uh, if M&A is, uh, a, a, uh, again, a part of your continued, uh, continued roadmap for growth uh, in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we are, uh, uh, I would call a, uh, a uh, buy and build uh, company. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason we do it, Jeff, is, um, you know, uh, supply chains um, are such uh, domain uh, driven uh, operations, right, and the various aspects of, of, of supply chains and logistics. And, and so as we look to continue to grow, you know, the question is, do you spend five to seven years to build expertise or do you acquire it and, and incorporate it into your portfolio and, and, and add, you know, add value, right? Um, so, uh, you know, we see our customers wanting uh, a broader footprint uh, from us. Um, and, uh, you know, to get that expertise in a lot of times, um, it really requires us to, uh, uh, acquire a company. And like I said, and really kind of bring them into the fold here. So 
absolutely. Um, uh, I'll just say to it this way, uh, for the last uh, 16 years, we've been averaging probably just north of three companies a year, right? So um, so it's uh, it's baked into the business. Yeah, no, that that that's great. That's great to hear. Um, you know, it, it seems like it seemed like over the course of especially during the call it the first 12 to 18 months, especially the pandemic, the the level of MA activity that was occurring was uh was significant for, for really companies and uh modes and verticals of, of all sizes in uh different geographies. So uh you guys are no exception and uh it seems like you're really using it to your advantage. So that's great. Um one other quick question I had, Chris, that I think I overlooked. If you mentioned it before, I apologize. But uh, was just sort of the state of inventory management, um, at, you know, and obviously part of the reason that we saw that the muted peak was that so much inventory was already here. Um, a lot of retailers uh, that you hear in those uh, earnings calls, Q Q4 earnings calls, uh, they point to a more normal uh, rationalization uh, deployment of inventory, if you will, over the back half of this year and into 24. Are you seeing things along the same lines? Um, yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, let, this is funny because this is actually a subject I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little work on with uh, uh, some colleagues in an organization called Supply Chain Leaders in Action that we're involved in. And, and, and uh, um, you know, uh, it, this is one we could spend a lot of time on, but let's just say the, the following, which is, you know, as far as I think people's strategies and, and how they uh, consider uh, inventory uh, going forward, there's, uh, you know, we're really getting a, a call it that people are, are setting the, setting the, their traditional thoughts aside and really looking at, um, again, uh, resiliency is, is one piece of it, but also I'll call it the, this, uh, like the whole notion of being much more agile. All right. So if you think of separate resiliency from agility is, um, you know, when you have a problem, resiliency is around how you can address that. But but agility is more along the lines of 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 being able to adapt. Right. And yeah. Right. And, and so if we think about it, uh, let's say things like forecast accuracy and so forth have been, you know, been really challenged. Right. Because the models people use were historical. Right. So. Uh, which you know, what version of the last couple of years do you think is going to is representative, right, um, of what the future is going to look like? Probably not so much. Um, so uh, trying to get it right is one thing, but trying to be able to say, "Hey, I can't get it right always, mm -hmm. or as as good as I used to in the past." So how can I turn on a dime? So um, I hope that uh, helped to answer that question. But that's the that's the other key piece we're seeing. No, absolutely. No, it's a great point. Well, uh, listen, Chris, this brings us to the end of our allotted time for today's podcast. So on behalf of Logistics Management Magazine and the Peerless Media Supply Chain Group, I want to say thanks for joining us today. It was it was really great to have you on. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, I, absolutely. And um, for those of you out in the audience, if uh, if you're on Twitter, Please go ahead and give date give Descartes a follow. It's at Descartes S G D E S C A R T E S S G. And also, please feel free to go ahead and give us at Logistics Management a follow. That is 
at LogisticsMGMT. And for those of you uh, that would like to uh, subscribe to our podcast, just simply go search for Supply Chain 24-7 wherever you get your podcast, and we'll pop right up there. Um, so thanks, everyone. I uh, uh, hope you enjoyed today's recording, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great day.